Morris turning back inside. Looking to curl that in. What a goal! Well, I'm going to take a phrase I used in the World Cup for a pass that he made, Hamas Rodriguez. <laughs> Filth of the highest order. What's up, soccer fans? Welcome to the Soccer Brothers Podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 4. As always, I am joined by my brother, Yeah, actually joined. We're together. We're in the same room. For the first time since season one. <laughs> I mean, yeah, four episodes ago. <laughs> but only the second time in probably like 20 episodes. Or maybe more than that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we're excited. Well, we're let's not happen. forget about the, the uncut version of when we lost our World Cup qualifying game against Trinidad and Tobago. Oh, yeah. I, I was recording a podcast, and Yahal just kind of walked in and started talking. <laughs> then he edited it and cut, him, cut himself out. Yeah, yeah, I had to. I yeah. couldn't... I couldn't. <laughs> violate my agreement with Columbus Crew SC. Speaking of Columbus Crew SC, we saved the crew, man. We saved the crew. The crew are staying in Columbus. At least those are the initial reports. Uh, the Save the Crew movement had a rally. The leader, Morgan Hughes, said uh, it's pretty much done. The owner of the Browns, Mr. Haslam, is actually going to buy an MLS expansion team and swap it with Anthony Precourt. And Precourt's going to get his team in Austin. And we're also going to get the Columbus crew staying in Columbus. So those are the early reports. It's been reported by all the local Columbus media. Um, once uh, Crew SC uh, or Precord or, or Precord Sports Ventures, once one of them releases an official statement or MLS, uh, we'll talk more about it. But right now it's exciting. It looks like the, the Columbus crew will be staying in Columbus, which means likely we'll be getting a new downtown stadium. Um right near where I live. So that would that's, be... That's really cool. I mean... Montfrey Stadium, it's great. There's a lot of history there. It is so outdated. And especially working there, you realize how outdated it is. The locker rooms, the press rooms, the press boxes. The press box is actually pretty good. But um, the press... What are the, where, they, where they hold the press conferences, it was like... It was impossible. It was impossible to uh, have any room in that room, uh, especially during the playoffs when you had... Um, a lot of people there, a lot of national media, and a lot of, well, yeah, a lot of national media. So that's exciting. Also, uh, you know, we're going to talk about the USA versus Portugal, or not Portugal, Colombia match, but we got a Bleacher Report, uh, which was pretty cool. So uh, a video we recorded of James Rodriguez's goal actually showed up on Bleacher Report. The tweet, right. our tweet. Shout show- out Alex G for pointing that out to me. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, Actually, yeah. So if you if you clicked on the notification for Hamas Rodriguez's goal, that was actually our tweet, right. and that so, was on World Football News and U.S. Soccer. Yeah. Right? So and if you are here from that, if this is your first time listening to the Soccer Brothers podcast, welcome. We're two brothers who talk soccer, football, Casio, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Fuchiball. Yeah, Fuchiball, football, and maybe occasionally other things too, if they yes, relate to soccer. That's well. <laughs> Sometimes they don't really relate to soccer. Yeah, but uh, just have fun here. But if you if you are new, uh, Sahil, who's my brother, who's not talking right now, uh, he is a Roma fan. I am an Everton fan. We're both uh, U.S. men's and women's national team fans. Um, so we tend to focus on like our, we have an episode pretty much after every U.S. men's national team match, um, and then every single significant. U.S. Women's National Team match, which right. we should have more of, and we will have more of. But we, we usually record once a week, and we talk about some of the biggest matches from the weekends. Right. Um, um, but but it, I think this year we are trying to 
hopefully get out some Champions League episodes midweek. Right. Where we cover some big Champions League games. Yeah. But obviously we can't... Yeah. We're not going to, like, recap every Champions League game because, I mean... Right. One, we can't... They're at the same time, so right. we can't... Well, Sahel's in school. I have a job, so... Um, I mean... Yet. Well, when I start next week. Yeah. <laughs> well, once the Champions League comes around, I'll be at work, That's so... That's true. I'll have to watch the replays. Oh, wait, no. They didn't, Fox doesn't have them. I don't... I'll have to find it's out. It's not Fox. Yeah, it's... It's Turner. Bleacher Report Live. Yeah, we have that. They have, yeah, but I don't know if they have replays. So, um... But yeah, they do. Oh, they do. They okay, do because I, I I actually wasn't sure for a second, and then I remembered watching Jekko's hat trick last week again. Because you know sometimes when you watch those highlights and you watch like the the analysts like just kind of talk about him, it's not as exciting as like watching the the actual commentators react to the goal. Well, yeah. at all, yeah. So that's true. I needed to I needed to go back and watch it for real. So. <laughs> all right then, should we talk about USA versus Colombia? I, you know, I actually represented Colombia in my first model United Nations conference. Really? You did? Yeah. It was spelled with a U, and it kind of it kind of pissed me off. Oh. Yeah. So maybe maybe they wanted you to represent I made the a, city in South Carolina. I helped broker a deal between um, Sudan and someone else. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I did in my first model UN conference? Who? What? Nothing. Really? Yeah. It was a really, well, really a big waste of money. I'm sorry, Mom and Dad. I should well, not have gone The first things. time... The first <laughs> time... That was, like, the only time I actually did anything, and then the next time at the big conference, which is, like, the Mid-American, Long United Nations, Mayman, where, like, thousands of people are there, maybe hundreds of people are there, uh, I won an award, I won an award for Best General Assembly, because, or it's not Best General Assembly, Best um, Delegation, because literally the four other people on my delegation carried me. They gotcha, were, yeah. They were, like, they were, like, stars. It was, like, <laughs> Paige like, Willie, like Bill Sue. Well, no, I carry you in Overwatch. Yeah, okay, that's just not true. <laughs> I mean, well, first of all, Neil puts in like hours and hours into, into Overwatch. We, we would be millionaires off this podcast if we put no, all right, hours all right, in. All right, should we, can, should, should we talk about Sonic? <laughs> yeah, we should. Um, so the U.S. men's national team played its first friendly since that pair of friendlies in September against Colombia on it's, was it Thursday night? Yes, it was Thursday night, last yeah. night. In Tampa, Florida. In Tampa, Florida, on a field that just was not fun at all. I okay, can I, can, can, can I rant for a second here? Can I, please. Uh, there, there's, this is a two, I know. I'm surprised I know, that you're asking this time. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> this is, this is um, a two-horned rant, if you will. Uh, first, let's let's double edge. Yeah, double edge. First, well, the field was horrible. And look, I get it. You want to get into big stadiums or whatever, but just play in soccer stadiums. It, I honestly think it hurts the U.S. men's national team. Like they could have played in Orlando. I I think it hurts the U.S. men's national team to play on fields like this. You know, I we time and time again we're playing on crappy fields and. You know, we have the World Cup in 2026. You know, I unfortunately, it's going to be at stadiums like this. The fields are going to be like this. Um, hopefully, they'll be a little bit better and not so. You know, we'll have we'll have been, we'll be prepared, more prepared for it. But it's just it's horrible to watch. It kind of ruins the game. And the other thing was, you know, at first, well, I was going to rant about how there was 38,000 people there, which would easily fit into a soccer-specific stadium. First of all. But uh, how they were all Columbia fans. And the thing is, uh, Matt Miazga had a really good quote after the match. I don't know if you saw it. About, I don't think I did. Yeah, he, talked, he basically he talked about how they were all wearing Columbia jerseys, but they're actually rooting for both teams, and that's just the reality of living in America. 
um, like they weren't booing the U.S. They were when, when the U.S. scored, they were also cheering for the U.S. because they're all Colombian American. And I was like, well, that's actually pretty cool. Um, I mean, but yeah. also, you know, I, I get it. There's there's a lot of pessimism around this team, and we just missed the World Cup. There's there's no buzz around the U.S. Women's National Team, and and there likely won't be for another four years. Um, so, I've I've been, you know, I. We've had to have conversations with, like, non-soccer fans or very casual soccer fans, like, our entire lives. Right. And it used to be this thing where every time someone said, like, oh, like, they would just assume US, the U.S. men suck. Like, that, that's what the, always what the quote was. Right. And I would always, like, fight on it. I would right. always argue. But nowadays, I'm just kind of like, eh, y- yeah, y- y- you got a point. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. well the, the, the biggest, I think, misconception with what you're talking about is that U.S., like, the thing about the about U, the USMNT is they're like between the twenty and forty range, like in the world. Maybe not anymore, but like that's generally where they've been um, for the past since since the two thousand two World Cup, right? They've been somewhere in that fifteen to forty forty five range. So, you, you, what do you like based on just how well teams play? Just, I mean, the the quality of players and the performances in okay. in international competitions, and you know. The problem in international soccer, not necessarily the problem, but the reality of international soccer is after the top seven or maybe even like five teams, there's a huge drop off. You know, even even teams like Colombia, like who are very good and probably in that like nine ten range or somewhere in there. I mean, I'm just pulling numbers out of my butt, but like you know what I mean. You know, uh, let's say let's call them the four and a half star teams in FIFA. <laughs> There is a drop off there from from the quote unquote five star teams, right? Like, there, the you know when you look at Chile, you have you know a starting player who played in the championship for you know you have players playing for Colombia who play in Brazil and in Colombia and in Argentina, and you know for those top teams, generally you have a European eleven, right? That all eleven play in Europe, uh, maybe with Brazil's. Maybe the South American teams are sometimes, um, you know, exceptions there. But right. but for the most part, you have those top teams have uh, top players in Europe. And, and the U.S. has always been in that range of like, okay, they're never going to they're never going to compete for a World Cup title. But it will be disappointing if they don't get out of a group in the World Cup. And only only sixteen teams do that in the entire world. So I mean. That's the U.S. is still better than people think, uh, in my opinion. But that being said, you know we're nowhere near where we should be or where we thought we were going to be just four years ago. You know, we still have a long way to go to even. You know, I I, I thought I thought four years ago that this team could um, that the U.S. should be trying to get to the quarterfinal of a World Cup, which hasn't happened since two thousand two. And like I, honestly, I think that's a realistic goal. I mean, it depends. The World Cup is interesting because it depends on the group and, you know, who you draw. But, um, I mean, I, I, I think it's semi-realistic, to say the least. Well, what is, what is realistic exactly? That will make a quarterfinal in the next World Cup. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> you know, you, you see teams come out of nowhere all the time. I mean, Costa Rica did it yeah, once. Yeah, but, I mean, do you think all those teams were predicting it? No, I'm just saying I think that should be our goal. 
I don't think we, I really, even though we didn't qualify for the World Cup this time, we should not be content with getting out of the group. Well, I mean, arguably the goal right now shouldn't even be results-based. Because obviously we have, well, I, like, Yeah, right, right. Well, we I have... Mean, it doesn't matter. Right, right. <laughs> well, so, and that's that's the thing you and I were talking about. You know, like, five, six years ago, I used to care a lot if the U.S. lost a friendly. Now I just had fun, well, kind of had fun watching the match. But, like, yeah. I didn't really care that... I mean, I like, I, like, smiled when Hamas had that first goal. Yeah. We'll talk about it in a second. Yeah, <laughs> and... Well, maybe, and maybe it's because we don't have a manager, so it always, it just feels like it doesn't really matter. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. So. And, I mean, and I mean, three of our best players were not there. Three of our, like, five best players were not yeah. on the field. Yeah, for sure. Or even in the squad. For uh, sure. Colombia did have a pretty strong lineup. Do you want to start there? Do you want to talk about the lineups, maybe? Yeah, we can talk about the lineups. So, uh, the U.S. lined up in a 4-2-3-1. Um, I would say, of... Did you expect this? Did you expect this shape? I was expecting a four-one-four-one, but I was excited to see. You know, I thought Will Trap would be in there with Bradley yeah. and Acosta ahead of him, but um, I was excited to see a more attacking formation and to see Julian Green in that number ten spot where he's been playing in the second Bundesliga. I can't, I can't pronounce that team's name. Um, Firth. I'm just gonna call him Firth. <laughs> um, so uh, you know, I was excited to see that um, the four-two-three-one. And so, know, so, I mean, our back line was, it's it's, it's, that's our back line. I mean, that, that's arguably our back line going into the World Cup. Uh, Matt Miazga and John Brooks at center back, and then Yedlin and Anthony Robinson. Um, oh, the next World Cup? Fullbacks. You mean in 2022? 20, yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I don't know. That's, that, I mean, we'll see. I, I think other people could emerge. Okay, better. fine. I, I guess I meant more just like in the next competitive atmosphere. Yeah, like yeah. That's, that's, no, that's, that's our peak lineup right now. That's pretty close to and it's a pretty young back line too right? yeah yeah you know i mean we still have people obviously like cameron carter vickers and eric palmer brown and tim parker and those guys um but yeah i think i think this not not only the back line but the goalkeeper i think our back five zach stefan in there um is you know pretty much what we will be seeing going forward in this next qualifying cycle ahead of those guys though I, I don't think so. I don't think that, I don't think that's what we'll be seeing. But do you want to talk about it? Yeah. So um, as Nihal said, our two defensive midfielders we have Kel Nicosa and Michael Bradley, and then above him at that number ten playmaker role was Julian Green on the wings was Tim Way and Kenny Saif, and then up top was Bobby Wood. Kenny Seth, according Seth. yeah, according to him. <laughs> um, so yeah, and you know, an interesting you know, like you said, we're missing our well, our three best uh, midfielders for sure. Um, our three best players that aren't in defense <laughs> are, were missing from this match in Christian Pulisic, um, Tyler Adams, and Weston McKenney. And, you know, you would expect those guys, if Christian Pulisic isn't playing on the wing, you expect our midfield to be those guys. Um, and then if, you know, Christian Pulisic is playing on the wing, then, you know, maybe Kellen Acosta plays with Adams and McKenney or Bradley or Will Trapp or someone else, you know, someone else who's there. Um, but... You know, it, it. I mean, Michael Bradley and Kellen Acosta. It, it seems it seemed like a pretty strong midfield. Definitely the strongest one in this roster. Um, like I said, Julian Green been playing that center attacking midfield role, and Ken, I was excited to see Kenny Seth because uh, we hadn't really seen him in a really long time. He still he had another preseason injury this season uh, with Anderlecht. Um so you know he was still I think he was still struggling a little bit um, with his fitness. Tim Way is always exciting to see it out in the wing. I would love to see him at striker um, for the U.S. at yeah. some point. 
I, I definitely um, think that's his, he's better at that position. Yeah, and then I'm kind of over Bobby Wood as a starting striker. Um, but, yeah, I mean, pretty str- a decently strong U.S. lineup, minus our three best players. Probably. Yeah, I, I was definitely, I, I, was, I was kind of relieved, just because I, I didn't really want to see Will Trapp starting the game. And yeah. I think if Bradley, this is kind of, you know, Bradley's point, this is his chance to say, I'm still part of this team. Yeah. And you should give him 90 minutes to make that point, or, you know, most of the game. Right, sure. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought overall that lineup was strong, considering the talent we had at our disposal. Now, for Columbia's lineup, what, what did you think? When you, when you well, I, you know, I think this is their strongest lineup. Maybe Yeri Mina, the Everton center back, gets in there ahead of Murillo. Um, but, you know, you have David Ospina in goal, who's finally getting some game time with uh, Napoli. Um, <laughs> you know, he was on the bench for Arsenal for years now. Uh, Arias at right back, who um, we'll talk about, uh, <laughs> who recently made the move from PSV to Atletico Madrid this year. Pretty big move for him in his career at yeah. tw- 26, 27 years old. Yeah. Uh, the, the center back pair of uh, Jason Murillo, I think it's Jason, I hope that's right. Um, Jason Murillo and Davidson Sanchez, the Tottenham uh, star. And then Machado, who plays, uh, I believe he plays in Colombia. Um, I could be wrong there. Or maybe he plays for Boca Juniors. He plays in South America. Um, I want to say I could be wrong. <laughs> I should have I should have looked that up beforehand. Uh, and then in the midfield, you had on the wings, you had Juan Cuadrado and James Rodriguez, Uribe and Barrios in the midfield, and then up top, Carlos Baca and of course Radamel Falcao. So an incredibly strong lineup. You know, Colombia is also in a bit of a transition time. They don't have their full time manager yet, um, right. but they did have um, you know Jose Peckerman retired or seems to resign. Um, but I, I don't you know. I'm trying to think of any players who weren't starting that would start for this team, and it's hard to think of any, to be honest. So um, really, really strong team. A 4-4-2, which you you don't see much of anymore, but when you have players like Falcao and Baca, you know, why not? Why not stick him up top? (laughs) Especially since, you know, Falcao is so comfortable on the ball as well. He can drop into midfield. Thomas Rodriguez and Juan Cuadrado were switching wings. Um... Conquadrado started on the left and Hamas on the right, and they ended up switching midway through the first half. Um, and Conquadrado kind of toyed with Anthony Robinson. Um, and then Hamas has basically license to roam. And, and you know, whenever Hamas plays for Columbia, it's always a reminder of just how wonderful of a player he is. And it's so, for the past few years, it's kind of been lost at club level with his tumultuous time at Real Madrid, and now it's hard for him to get on the field with Bayern Munich, uh, even though he did start against Mönchengladbach, right? That's the game we talked about. Yeah, he did. That's right. So he, he did get the start, but, um, you know, he's if you build a team around James, like, that's that's the issue, right? On those big teams, I think he, a team um, not that's not Bayern Munich or Real Madrid or Barcelona, like, a team just a step lower where you can really build around him, I think it would really suit him. Um, because when he's when he's pulling all the strings, he's so much fun to watch. You know? Yeah, for so, sure. So I, I hope he gets a move somewhere else. But, um, man, what a player. Yeah. What a player. Anyone he's... who thinks he's overrated just because the World Cup is dumb. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, he was he was all over the field tonight. Just a, just a constant threat. And... Um... Definitely tested <laughs> the American defenders. Um, yeah, definitely a strong lineup for Colombia. As you said, two strikers. It's a little bit weird, but 
Belkow and Baca, they have enough talent to right. play a variety of roles in the attack. Um, yeah, Arias, definitely just such a threatening player. And um, if I were Juan Fran, the aging Juan Fran, I'd look out because I know they Juan Fran's mostly been starting after the departure of Slagico, but um, Arias... Is it, did he leave? I thought Slagico. he was hurt. Slagico went to Inter a lot. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, Juan Fran, I think, I think Arias has two appearances this year. Uh, Juan Fran's getting up there in age. So yeah, I would, I would expect Arias to maybe at some point break his way uh, into that starting 11. That being said, I mean, we don't, we, I don't know why we're talking about Atletico. <laughs> um, Juan Fran is definitely better defensively than Arias. Arias is a bit more of an attacking-minded player. But, um, do you want to talk about the goals? Yeah, let's talk about the goals. So, uh, 36th minute... Um, you know, actually, why don't you guys just go to Bleacher Report? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if you, like like I said earlier, uh, we actually tweeted out all the goals. So if you want to go to our Twitter feed, at Pod, check out the goals. Um, pull them up while you're listening so you know what's happening, what we're talking about. You can you can get an idea of what we're talking about here. Um, but the first goal, the wonder goal by James Rodriguez. Let's talk about that. Yeah, James Rodriguez with an absolute wonder strike on the right side of the box. Yeah. Just receives the ball with his back to goal, makes a nice turn, and just curls it in with his left foot. Yeah. And um, just brilliant. Yeah, so the play actually starts with James Rodriguez at midfield. He sends in Machado, the left back. Machado makes a good run, cuts it back to Falcao. Falcao gets a shot off, and it looks like the U.S. It gets blocked. It looks like the U.S. are out of the woods there. Kellen Acosta wins the ball back. But then James wins the ball off of Timothy Weah. He's everywhere on this play. He wins the ball off. He's on the left side of the pitch. He crosses it, switches Which, it. Which, where he's playing, by the way. Right, he's right. Left yeah, he switches <laughs> it all the way to Quadrado. Quadrado take, tries to take on Robinson. Um, and then, you know, there's a little bit of passing around the box. Hamas receives it from Arias, beats Seth, and then just turns and curls it into the top left corner. I mean, Hamas was everywhere on this play. It wasn't just You knew the goal. he was going to score by that. He, he was. Well, I I thought he when the fir- like when it first went in I, in my head. Oh went, no! I mean like just based on the way he'd been playing up oh, to that moment. Yeah, like yeah. you thought it, he was gonna score, or have some kind of big right. moment. It had to be him, right? That's yeah, what they always I'm say. Just... But when when that ball was curling in the air, I was like, oh, that's going wide or that's going over. Like there's no way. But Hamas started and ended that entire passage of play, and you know he like I said he was all over the field. He has a license to roam, and he did that, and it, and it ended up uh, with a goal there. So, um, you know. I feel like this goal just – I feel like it would be less pretty if it, if it was like a right-footed curler. Dude, there, there is something about left-footed players. I, I've been telling you for this. We, the, so there's so many little things, yeah, like a, like a cultured left foot, like that term. Yeah. You would never say cultured right foot. Right. Yeah, well, that's because everyone has right foot. Right, but like it still doesn't make it more cultured. But like yeah, you have yeah. a foot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, left-footed players tend to rely on their left foot more than maybe I don't know. I... See, but see that that's that's counterintuitive for me though, because I feel like a lot of lefties, like I'm kind of a lefty. Well, no, but... but the thing is, it's it's like it's kind of like baseball or tennis. If you have, oh, okay. if you're lefty and you have that advantage, you really train that, right? So. It's like Rafa Nadal is right-handed in real life. Like he he's right-handed, but he trained to become a left-handed tennis player. Right, uh, that's crazy. Because you know there's an advantage there. Um, should we talk about the second goal? Yeah, the second the goal came in the 50th minute. 
Uh, Anthony Robinson was key in this one. He made a run and a great cross, which hit. It was kind of in the box. I think, based after looking at it a couple times, it hopped out. He said Sanchez, the Colombian center back, and he kind of, kind of unintentionally played it to Kellen Acosta, who just finishes it yeah. one time. Really good finish. Yeah. Regardless, um, a great, you know, a great cross from Robinson. Um, you know, not really too much in it. It was from a dead ball, and Robinson re- receives it from Bradley and just, you know, crosses it in. And as you said, it takes a slight touch off of. Uh, Sanchez, but Acosta is able to somehow um, react and you know beat beat Machado to the ball and finish it first time. Uh, really, really good finish uh, for Kellen Acosta. And uh, overall, I thought Kellen Acosta was the best player for the U.S. men's national team in this match. He had some good touches. Um, he obviously had the goal. He seemed comfortable on the ball and he you know whenever he there's a lot of useless passing in this match where the U.S. was just passing in their own half or like just (laughs) who's responsible for that Michael Bradley Michael Bradley well yeah (laughs) or Sarakin who knows well well, no but I feel like I feel like we've we've seen that before where just Bradley's well remember Sarakin's an arena guy but um yeah uh there was a lot of useless passing I thought Acosta was very bright Okay, then the next goal came in the 53rd minute. Yeah, I mean, Tim Weah, Tim Weah gets the ball, and he has a delicious pass to uh, Bobby Wood, and Bobby Wood is right. able to slot it home. And Julian Green, the unsung hero on that one, I right. mean, he, he won the ball initially and played that right. pass to Tim Weah. Right, right. Uh, and both goals, I mean, Stu Holden said it, both goals were really against the run of play, uh, run of play here, so... Um, this goal comes from Colombia are on an attack, um, and you know it looks like they're they might score another one. Kellen uh, Acosta pokes the ball away. Bobby Wood uh, drives upfield uh, and then gets the ball stolen, but Green wins it back and sends Wea free down that left wing. And then Wea, like I said, a great pass uh, in between Machado and Murillo, uh, and Bobby Wood is able to finish it. Good run by Bobby Wood. I thought his his runs were a little bit suspect tonight, but that one. <laughs> Uh, Runs were like non-existent. Yeah, that that one. That. Yeah, that one was good. And honestly, I'd like to see Tim Weah on the left a little bit more. I, we haven't seen much of it. He's usually been deployed on the right wing for us, and I mean for PSG. I almost said for France. For PSG, uh, he plays striker actually. So uh, yeah. But like you said, Julian Green. I think I think you re- like in order to get the most out of Tim Weah, you're really going to need a competent number 10, which allows him to make more direct runs and more direct passes. Yeah. Um, Whispers Pulisic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, mean, I mean, no offense to Julian Green. I mean, it's probably his best position, but... It is his best position. I, You know, and... I mean, I was actually going to talk about this. Julian Green, I mean, he was fine. You know, he looks much more comfortable on the ball. I mean, he looks competent. But his final pass just isn't there. It's not good enough to be an international level attacking midfielder, in my opinion. Um, you know, he, he picks up the ball, and he looks okay, and but he wasn't creating chances. He wasn't really creating opportunities outside of this one. Um, and maybe he's able to do that against CONCACAF competition, which is half the battle. But, um, or 100% of the battle in the case of the last one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Um, so, you want to talk about the next goal? Columbia yeah, tying it up? Yeah, In the 56th minute... Uh, the substitute, Quintero, who just came on a minute beforehand. Not even that. a minute. It was He came on and the goal happened. 
He he came on, received the throw in, <laughs> sent in Arias. Arias yeah. crosses it in, and Baca beats Miazga. Um, and you know Robinson beaten again on the left side there. You know something that you know will be talked about. Robin Anthony Robinson, a lot of potential, a great attacking fullback, still having trouble with the whole defense thing. But once Juan Quintero came on, for me he was man of the match in that last half. You know in the first half you can say Hamas was clearly the man of the match. Quintero was man of the match in the second half, and we'll talk about him as we get uh, through all three goals. But a great move by him, and then a pass that just splits the U.S. defense uh, between Way and Robinson and Baca with a tidy little finish far post uh, to bring Columbia even. Just a really, really good team goal. That's Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Quintero is someone who I've been a huge fan of ever since I saw him at the U-20 World Cup. He absolutely destroyed the U.S. And I was like, oh, man, this guy is going to be a star. Um, he's had a little, a couple of setbacks. Uh, you know, he signed with Porto like right after that U20 World Cup, I believe. He's been on loan to many different places. Right now, he's at River Plate, right? Um, right. Almost signed with the Chicago Fire, actually, uh, and I believe Orlando City, uh, which would have been awesome for MLS, but uh, alas, he didn't. But great match for him. And uh, you know, speaking of him, why don't we just why don't we just talk about the second goal? Yeah. We can talk about the Yeah, right. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, so, uh, off, basically, there was a USMNT free kick. Uh, a lot of mess were in and around the box. We had all our players forward, which left an opening on the counterattack. Uh, when things didn't go so well, James booted upfield to Carlos Baca. Carlos Baca gets it to Quintero. Quintero plays a nice final pass to Falcao, who finishes the yeah. Un- You know, we were talking about unsung heroes earlier. So, the free kick happens. Uh, Columbia clears it. The U.S. actually gets the ball back and puts it back into the box. And then, you know, it it goes uh, right in front of the 18. Uribe beats Bobby Wood to the ball. Um, and when he does that, it gives it right there. Uh, we're watching it. So <laughs> when he does that, it gives Hamas the uh, opportunity to boot it forward. Um, Anthony Robinson has to do better on Baca there. He does horribly. Baca with the back heel. Quintero a nice pass into Falcao. And... Falcao with a, a tidy finish. And, you know, Michael Bradley really should have picked up the run of Falcao at midfield. Uh, instead, he's jogging, and Delgado is the one. The substitute Delgado is the one who tries to keep up with him, but he comes from yeah. a much deeper and, uh, position. I mean, Bradley was one of the deepest players at the start of that whole sequence. Right. So, I mean, right. so much for sitting between the centre-backs. Right, backs, anyway. right. Um, yeah, so... You know, that was a disappointing goal to give up. Uh, yeah, when it was 2-1, Columbia... Made it two two so quickly, and then right after that, Anthony Robinson came off, um, not having his best night, and Ben Sweat, the NYCFC former Columbus Crew SC man, came on to replace him at left back. But we still had one more goal, another wonder goal left in this match. Um, I mean, how many how many great goals are Columbia going to score against us? You think? And this one, you know, Quintero was involved again. Like just like he just like he always is, but the real star of this uh, movement is the goal scorer Borja. Um, you know, Colombia having another spell of possession. Um, uh, they have another spell of possession here. The U.S. gets it back, um, but then you know, all of a sudden, what the U.S. loses the ball. Colombia gets possession and they're able to spring forward. Um, Quintero sends a great ball, a great ball over the top to Arias. Arias. 
you know, run, makes his run, cuts it back to Hamas Rodriguez. Rodriguez looks like he's going to do the same thing he did in the first half, but passes it. And then a beautiful bicycle yeah. scissor, or you, you call it training wheels kick. Um, for <laughs> Not Borja. quite a bicycle kick, but a training wheel. Yeah, Borja uh, beats Stefan. You feel like Stefan didn't do much wrong in this match. feel like Stefan could have done better on that goal. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he, he definitely did a good job at certain times of beating Colombians on the counterattack to the ball. I, I mean, there was that one moment in particular where Hamas kind of could have yeah. gotten to it, yeah. but he didn't. Yeah. Um, oh, that passed by Quadrado. Yes, yeah. yes. For that through ball, which Hamas tried, kind of tried to get around to on his left foot, but instead yeah. of taking it directly. But uh, yeah. Stefan still did a really good job coming up with a lot of confidence. There are a lot, there are right. a lot of keepers who, who don't come up that confidently off, like, right. to a world-class player Brad like Hamas. But, I mean, you look at the angles for this goal by Borja. The ball that Ham has played, I mean, he was being marked by, like, three people. I don't know how he had the awareness and skill to do that. <laughs> I mean, that's – he's just the top player. He's a world-class player. Um, you know, looking – I don't know. Can he save that? Maybe. I mean, if you re- if Stefan reacts a little quicker. I think so. But um, it's not often that you give up four goals and you're like, oh, wow, the goalkeeper actually had a decent performance. But uh, he did. Yeah. Um, I, and I think that goal actually is one of those goals where you saw that um, Stefan did get the right amount of stretch. He just didn't get his hand on it in the right way. And that's – it's almost like if he didn't stretch or he didn't react at all, we would never be saying anything. Yeah. Because it's just like – Yeah. It would just look like a, a great goal. But right. since since Stefan did get a hand to it, we can kind of go back and say, oh, he should right. have saved it. Yeah, yeah. No, that's definitely true. That perception's changed there. But Quintero, again, with his second hockey or MLS assist of the night um, – to go along with his one assist. And then, you know, moments later, Quintero hits it off the bar. So that would have been um, a real capper to his evening. But unfortunately, he wasn't able to get it done. But Quintero is is honestly, like, for me, he was Hamas before Hamas came on the scene. Um, <laughs> just, you know, Hamas actually started as a winger. He's kind of playing there now. But Quintero was the one who many expected to be leading Colombia forward. Um, and he showed why tonight, because he's just still such a talented, talented player. Um, Absolutely. But, I mean, those are all the goals. I mean, do you, what, overall, what do you think? What did you think of the performance? Um, I, 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 yeah, it's kind of weird. I, I, like, we were just talking so much about this exciting Columbia team and all the goals. Yeah. It was kind of, it's just, it's hard to, it was, like, kind of hard to remember that we were, we're watching the USMNT play, and I, yeah. my first thought was not to be critical, like, like for the reasons we yeah. mentioned before, but, um. I thought this was honestly just – I don't think we looked good for most stretches of this game. I don't – I think the midfield was particularly weak. I mean, I liked Kellen Acosta. He was my man of the match. But yeah. besides that, I mean, I think Julian Green, when he had to play final balls, he was good, but he didn't do a good job of making himself involved. Right. Um, and Michael Bradley, I mean – What's the point? I mean, if you're not going to do anything defensively or well, you know, like... <laughs> rewatching the game, he was better than I thought he was. Um, you know, he still has some of those diagonal Michael Bradley passes, and um, but a lot of unnecessary sideways and backwards passing and picking up the ball from the center backs, which you know, you know, I don't like. Um, I think, I think honestly, the most obviously Anthony Robinson had a really disappointing match. For me, the most. Dif- disappointing player was DeAndre Edlin. He was pretty anonymous in this match. He didn't really do anything going forward. Um, and, you know, I, I he got beat a couple of times. Uh, so, for me, he had a disappointing match. Um, I mean, arguably, though, I mean, obviously, <laughs> Colombia had, like, 
I mean, Hummus and Quadrado, they had two strong wingers on both sides when they, before they switched and after they switched. I mean, arguably, maybe Yedlin being quieter in the tack meant that he got exposed less. Right. Robinson got, you know, right. but, many times. Right, but, you know, in a match like this, I would rather see the U.S. try to go forward. That's true. Um, That's also kind of what kind of upsets me about Michael Bradley's performance. Too. Right. Like, it's right. not, we're not holding on to, like, a 2-0 lead in a World Cup right. qualifier. Right. What are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, jo- and uh, Josh Sargent, was another uh, another bright spot for me in what, the 10 minutes he played. He had a great turn. Um, I mean, he looks like a real player, so hopefully he can break into Werder Bremen's starting lineup. Oh, yeah. um, or at least get, make some yeah, appearances. I think he has six goals and 10 appearances for the second team. I mean, right yeah, he's, so, I mean he's, he's ridiculous. Yeah, and he was, he was on the first team picture, so hopefully the team photo. So uh, hopefully uh, he, was, he, you know, he can play and score some goals. Right. And I actually saw, I forgot that. Quintero actually got subbed off uh, after being subbed on. So a really effective 30 minutes, and then um, it was curtains for him. Um, but, yeah, overall, you know, in, in this match, in these matches, um, you know, with an interim manager and, you know, half the players are probably not going to be uh, starters going forward, it was about individual performances. And, you know, Greg Berhalter watching this match, who does he think um, – who played tonight? Can he? Who, who does he think he can rely on, um, based on the players he can he, he saw play tonight? Um, terrible jumble of words there. I mean, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't really think we learned anything positive no, from this game. I don't think we learned anything positive. I think it was, you know, as it always is, you know, some players' stocks went down, but I don't think anyone's stock really went up, um, except for no. maybe Kellen Acosta. Um, maybe Kellen Acosta, and I. From what I saw, at least I believe that against weaker opposition, Julian Green can be a substitute at number 10, I think. Yeah. I think. I mean, I don't want him starting there. I don't think he's nearly, like, I don't I don't think he's good, has enough skill to be in the starting lineup for this team. Mm-hmm. But um, I think against weaker opposition, he does have the ability to play that final ball, and he is, you know, he is in the final third just a decent player. Yeah. So. I agree. But, I mean, I think the, the most – I mean, the wingers in this game were just pretty disappointing. I mean, yeah. Kenny Seif, I thought he was kind of ambitious at points, but he just could not – He couldn't, couldn't do anything. Do anything. Um, he couldn't do anything. Uh, and, you know, Tim Weah obviously had the one moment, uh, and he looked more exciting going forward, but – I'm I'm not you know I'm excited about Tim Weah I think he can be a really good player I'm not in the whole Tim Weah is like the next superstar I'm not in that boat quite yet um, but you know I, I obviously I hope I'm wrong uh, and I can join that soon but uh, you know watching him play he just doesn't um, I don't know I don't even know what to say I don't even I, know how I to think he's it. a player who need, I think he needs talent around. I think he's not going to create anything by himself, but I think if you well, give him a couple those, touches, he has those moments, right? He right, but like well, he can't. Yeah, I mean, he's not Pulisic. I mean, if he's anywhere near that, I will be happy. I think he could play like a decent one-two with, yeah. with some quality players. He just can't like take over a game or anything like that. Yeah, but I think, but like, you know, that that could still come. I mean, I'm not saying that he's never going to do that. But right now, like right now, are we sure he's one of our best wingers? And I don't, I don't think that's well. Maybe it is because we have no wingers. <laughs> but, 
I, I mean, I agree with that. I, but I, I'm, I, with regards to individual moments of this game, though, that ball to Bobby Wood oh, was, was fantastic. probably one of the best. Yeah, so. and I mean, and if he can pull that out, then he's worth having on the field, right? Right, um, just, just a few of those a game. Yeah. yeah, I mean, a few of those would be great. Yeah, one of them. But, yeah, I, I'm a little... I have a little trepidation when thinking about Tim, Tim Way, and I don't know what it is. Um, maybe it's just too many times getting excited about um, players, which, you know, I think is kind of stupid to judge one player based on the failures of a previous player. They're not connected in any way. Um, but, it, you know... I, I don't know. I, I feel like the way a hype, though, like, I, I mean, it doesn't feel that big compared to, like, Julian Green or something like that. Maybe, yeah. We're, and they're playing for, like, similar... Yeah, I points. guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, Timothy Way has already done way more than for PSG than Julian Green did for Bayern. Yeah. Um, but, you know, even though uh, Wea got minutes early on in the season, I really think alone would have done him some Yeah, I, uh, I read a report today that's saying he wants to, he wants to move out in January for alone. Yeah. Okay, good. So... It's good um, that he wants that. I mean, he, he knows that he's not ready. Anymore. Yeah. Maybe he can hook up with Matt Miazga at Nantes. <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty cool. And Alejandro Bedoya's yeah. old <laughs> Bedoya can come back. Yeah. I, I, was, I, was, I was thinking about Acosta's finishing ability and awareness. Um, I just, I don't, I think these midfielders that we have potentially are so dynamic. Like, even yeah. going forward, like, Tyler Adams obviously plays the six for uh, the Red, Red Bulls, but we've seen him really good going forward, too, so. Yeah. I like I don't know I can't picture Graham Zuzi doing something like that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, that first match against Jamaica, he kind of looked like that. Oh, that's true. <laughs> we were at that game. Yeah, we, we were, were at that right. game. Yeah. Um, no, you're right. I mean, <laughs> Graham Zuzi. <laughs> no, but even Michael Bradley, you know, it's hard to imagine. Maybe in his youth, um, he could. Um, but no, yeah, you're right. They they're so dynamic. They can do so many things. True, two way players. Um, all three of those guys, but Kenny Adams and uh, uh, Acosta. And, you know, it, Acosta is, is a bit of a forgotten man, and I, you and I were discussing this earlier over dinner or lunch or whatever. I was just eating. Um, <laughs> I don't think I was. Yeah, you weren't eating. I was eating. <laughs> um, but uh, Acosta is a bit of a forgotten man. He was the one everyone was excited about, and then these other two midfielders came kind of out of nowhere. Um, so, you yeah. know, he's still a really talented player. He's still extremely young, and... He's going to be an asset going forward. I have, yeah, I absolutely agree. All right, uh, any other final thoughts? Let's hire a manager, please. That's yeah. We play Peru on Tuesday. Well, I mean, I, I don't. Uh, can we talk a little bit about the defense? Sure. Yeah. So, what what were your what, overall? What were your thoughts? Were you, were you upset? I mean, I thought no. Like like I said, Anthony Robinson is still a great prospect despite his recent performances with the U.S. Men's National Team. He is still a really good prospect. He's been doing really well for Wigan. He just needs to get a little bit better defensively, <laughs> which, you know, is easier said than done. But, I mean, I think he, I think he can. And then, you know, I said Yevlin yeah, was disappointing. Miazga and Brooks, I mean, they were okay. They didn't have incredible matches. Miazga got beat a couple of times um, when he probably shouldn't have, but also had some bright spots. Uh, I wasn't really disappointed. You know, overall, I wasn't really upset with anything <laughs> yeah i mean that's fair so uh, i just think you know take it for what it I was i think there were it just was... a couple individual moments with me and brooks that i was a little unimpressed with right yeah but I mean, at, and always... at the same time like the they, ball they went are through center backs who are not like 
they, they can they help with the overall flow of the game. Right. So like I think when they make clearances, they're good clearances. When they do something good, they do it with confidence, and it's it's really exciting to see. But I think sometimes that flash can be sacrificed for mental lapses and things like yeah, that. Yeah, and they can. Yeah, like I mean, kind of like you're alluding to there. Also, um, yeah, the good pe- distributors of the ball. Um, yeah, there was that one moment where the ball just kind of bounced through John Brooks's legs. Um, Miazga could have done better on one of the goals. I can't really remember right now, but um, they were fine. I mean, we should just take this match for what it was. It was um, an A Columbia team against a B plus US team. Uh, Columbia is a better, more talented team. We were playing on a terrible pitch. Uh, there's not, you know, with both teams with interim managers. <laughs> right. You know, we, 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 you know, basically what I'm saying is after an hour of talking about this match, doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I will say that the second half was definitely more exciting than the first half. Oh, you think? There were yeah. five goals in the <laughs> second okay. half. It's all about goals. Uh, yeah, I know. But, like, <laughs> there's generally... Uh, no, like, the, the first... I think I texted you this, because we, we didn't watch the game together, but I came home today. I remember, like, the first 15 minutes, I feel like the field was just felt so important to me. But yeah. And somehow they got over it, that. I, I mean, know. it should be noted that, I mean, Florida's been hit by rain, amongst other things. So the field is not going to be too great. Um, I, you know, obviously the hurricane missed the Tampa area, but um, I'm, sure, I'm sure it was hard to maintain that field leading up to this match. Yeah. But uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick again, what's <laughs> I mean, this is not sa- we're talking about save, it, sa- save it for the American Football Podcast. <laughs> All right. I realize I just got that from the Around the NFL Podcast. That's why I've been saying that so much. They always say save it. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great so, podcast, by the way. Go yeah. check that out. Actually, no, I don't think they will. No. Uh, I mean, no, not at all. But it is a great podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, looking forward. Um, like I said, Nichelle Prince will be coming on the show. We have some other exciting guests potentially in the works. So look out for that. Um, yeah, you know, we'll see you next time for against after Peru, after the U.S. plays right, Peru. Right, Tuesday. Um, and we apologize for the audio quality in this episode. We don't uh, really yes. have a microphone. It's just... Yeah, I told Sahel to bring his microphone because I guess I misplaced mine. I, I don't <laughs> yeah, know. Lost. I don't, yeah, right no, I, it's in this house somewhere. Um and then I asked Sahel to bring it, and he didn't, so it's fine. I mean, we'll, we'll get that back and sorted. But uh, we do have Twitter and Instagram handles for this podcast. It's at Soccer Bros Pod. You can follow us on Facebook at the Soccer Bros. Or you can just check Bleacher Report. We'll okay, yeah. There. Yeah, that's true. Um, you can also follow us on Facebook uh, at Soccer Bros Podcast. Um, we're on iTunes and Google Play, and most places you can find a podcast. So make sure, if you enjoyed this episode, Make sure you subscribe and leave us a rating. It really helps us out. And um, am I missing anything? This is usually your job, so uh, we don't have a website anymore. A uh, huge shout-out to Kat Drancic for creating our new logo. Another shout-out to Arlie for allowing us to use their music. Um, nothing more for me. You covered it all. Yeah. You covered it all. Oh, um, you got a MySpace. Okay, so <laughs> uh, we do not have a MySpace. So don't go- is MySpace still a thing? I know. Does it exist? Should we create a Tinder profile for the soccer fighters? <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you next time for Season 2, Episode 5 of the Soccer Brothers Podcast. <laughs>